Well, good evening. Welcome to the Southeast Baptist Tabernacle tonight. Here's your official Wednesday night welcome. How you guys doing? Everybody all right? Yeah. Well, let's uh, join together. We'll sing our first song tonight. So if you're online, I've been advised that you can't see the words. So if you're watching online, you just have to sing from memory. But we have the words, so I, we can help you out. So, all right, let's stand. We'll sing together. Springs of living water.
last one we'll sing tonight, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. better. Uh, it's supposed to rain, but I think I saw next Tuesday, it's like 70 degrees. Like, whoo, I know. So I'm hoping that that means that Puxatawney Phil was right and spring is here. Uh, I'm claiming it either way. But I also know that in my 33 years of uh, having Easter, I would guess we've had at least 10 of those where we had snow on Easter. So I know it is what it is. We're in Indiana. Don't know what to tell you. Welcome anyway. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes, I know. It's like I'm waiting, waiting to start seeing the grass turn after this. By this time next week, we'll start seeing green in the grass if the weatherman is halfway right because it's supposed to be Saturday, I think it's supposed to not get out of the 30s, like 39 is the high on Saturday, but after that, it's just every day is just, yeah, it's wonderful. So anyway, good to have you. Welcome. Good to have you. Uh, John Dice, pray for John. Uh, so 
Last night I spoke to him and he was doing well. I don't know if you're aware of what the situation is, so he's got, a, I think, a collapsed um, stint, 100 cent blockage someplace in there, and um, so he needs to get this taken care of. Why they put it off for two weeks, I'm not really sure, but anyway, there it is. So this next Tuesday, am I saying that right, anybody know? I think it's Tuesday that he has this procedure. But anyway, then this morning, he texted Wayne and said that he was feeling worse this morning. So here's what they told him. As long as the nitro takes out the pain and you don't have to take more than two or three nitros a day, you're okay. But if the pain persists after the nitro, you're probably having a heart attack to get to the, get to the hospital. So, uh, but we'll see you on Tuesday, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. That's, that's what he was, I don't know what worse meant today, but anyways, that's what he had mentioned this morning. So Robert is doing well. His plan is to be at church on Sunday. And a reminder that he will have still a, uh, a wound vacuum and things like that going out of his back. And so hugs would not be appropriate for Robert if he, if he comes in. All right? Just make sure that you know that. Uh, Jonathan, maybe on Sunday. We'll see. That's their hope is to get him back on Sunday as well. So uh, that will be fantastic if we can start seeing some of these faces back again. Miss Carol, uh, McLaughlin, but uh, Lucas, thank you, uh, was here this morning, and she's doing really well with her shoulder replacement, and somebody else is having, uh, Brother Steve uh, Kempton's having a shoulder replacement uh, coming up in March, so pray for that, uh, but those seem to be going well for people, better than the knee replacements right of late, uh, so anyway, um, the uh, Nate and Nina uh, are on their way to Iowa, I believe, already. Uh, and so that's the, the, his cousin. He's the one that sneezed and, and, and he passed away because uh, he blew a, uh, and had an aneurysm. But at 25 years old, uh, they've kept him, you know, on life support basically for the last two weeks so they could harvest organs because he was a, an organ donor. And so they're finally going to do the funeral this weekend. So just pray for the family. Um, his wife is six months pregnant with their first child. And so there's just a lot of, a lot of things there. It's going to be really tough. And then it's the first grandchild on both sides of the family. And the families live in different states. So, you know, it's just, you know, it's not going to be, it's not going to work out really well for somebody. You know, you know how this all just kind of pans out, so just pray for that, it's just, I know it's going to be tough for them, so. Darren is doing better, uh, he's back to work, that doesn't mean he should be, that's, that's a different, that's a different conversation, you'd have to talk to Gail about that one, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, we, uh, we were supposed to have a deacons meeting Sunday afternoon, and I canceled that because Darren's like, oh, I can make it, and I just knew that that probably shouldn't be happening. So if you're listening, Darren, I did that just because of you. But uh, anyway, so it worked. He stayed home. That was good. He needed to get the rest. And so by Monday, he did say, I'm feeling much better. So uh, he fell uh, Saturday uh, on the ice, hit his head, uh, was nauseous and headache for the next two days. So probably a concussion, not diagnosed because he's a guy. And, uh, so, you know, that's how it is. So just letting you know. Anybody else? 
four different kinds of cancer. Right. Okay. There's a buzz happening someplace. But they're trying to fix it. All right. Okay, yeah, Gene, yeah, I think. So, um, in Linton, right, the one in Linton, okay, so I had a quadruple bypass? Okay, yeah, so uh, there's a, is a Calvary Baptist in Linton. Uh, Gene Riker is the pastor, was the pastor, I think he's retired now, but he had a quadruple bypass, and now it's, he's got some infections settling in, so that's, that's something to pray about there. Tim? Jesus' co-workers at IU Med Center with cancer. They've gotten the cancer, what they could do with it, but now they're trying to figure out where to go from there. So am I saying that, something that up? Okay. Bell and hit his head. We're having technical difficulties, so we'll survive it. Remember when we didn't have technical difficulties?
family's down there in Florida with them. So. Well, so she's here. Okay. And the kids are here. And he's with his dad. And okay. Deborah's not doing very well. Uh-huh. It's just been a wild time for Melanie. Okay. And a short time frame, you know. Yep. Just for Hayden as well and our college students. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here, gather in your house to grow in your grace, to learn from your word. Pray that you be with Brother Ron as he teaches us. May uh, the message go forth with power to uh, help us to consider following you in greater fashion. We ask that you would be with these many, many prayer requests that have been mentioned, be with uh, hearts to encourage them, uh, with minds to make them clear of thought and making decisions with doctors that, as they need to guide and direct, watch over them as well. Uh, just pray that you would uh, bring people back to us as they've been sick. Uh, just uh, encourage and uplift and, and uh, watch over those who are who have lost loved ones, that you would just comfort them as well. Pray to be with our uh, young people, our teenagers, our college students as they're meeting uh, in other places of the property here that you just watch over those uh, classes tonight as well and may they grow in your grace together and we'll thank and praise you for all that you do in Jesus name we pray amen brother Ron come right on up With our beloved pastor, he um, was invited. You know, he'll preach anywhere, um, and, and even if it's for free, he'll preach. Well, he went down to Kentucky to one of these uh, snake handling churches, he and Pastor Brett, the other day. And um, just as he got into the pulpit and started to, to preach, these rattlesnakes came crawling out from under the front pew. And Pastor Brett was sitting over there, and he said, What in the world are we going to do? And Pastor said, uh, Look around for a back door. And Pastor Brett said, I already looked, and there ain't one. And Pastor John said, Reckon, where do they want one? So... 
So anyway, that's my Pastor John uh, story of the evening. Uh, we've been talking about the abundant life. The first was, was the Damascus Road or the road to conversion. The second one was the Arabian Road or the road to Christian growth and development. You know, the Apostle Paul spent three years uh, in the area of Galatia and the Arab Arabian way, studying intently God's Word. And tonight, we're looking at the Jerusalem Road, and that's the road to ministry. It always bothers me when someone uh, introduces their uh, pastor and say, this is our minister. And they say it in that special way, minister. Well, did you know that according to God's Word, each and every one of us, as a born-again child of God, is a minister? And to take that a little bit further, I want us to read Galatians chapter 1, verses 18 to 24. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him fifteen days. But other of the apostles saw I none save James, the Lord's brother. Now the things which I write, write unto you, behold, behold before God, I lie not. Afterward I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and was unknown by the face unto the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preached in the faith which once he destroyed, and they glorified God in me. And then Matthew twenty-eight eighteen to 20, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now this commandment was given to the eleven disciples. Understand this is post-resurrection. Judas has already done his deed and has gone out and hanged himself. So this commandment is given to the eleven. Now who is a disciple? A disciple is a follower of one's teachings. Hence the disciples of Christ, not a denomination, but you and I as believers and as students of God's Word, are disciples. And we could, um, it, it may be scary, but you think about it. Um, Brother Ed is a disciple of Christ. Pastor John is a disciple of Christ. All of us are disciples of Christ because we follow His teachings.
one has to be a disciple, as we think of ministry, one has to be a disciple in order to make disciples. You can't make something that you're not yourself. And as a disciple or as a minister, it's a shame that minister has become a professional term because, again, we are all ministers to the truth of God's Word. Throughout the Bible, we see many examples of discipleship. Moses and Joshua, Eli and Samuel, Elijah and Elisha, Jesus and his disciples, Paul and Timothy, and you can put your name there. Someone is a disciple and you. Also, ask yourself the question, who am I a disciple to? Whoa, that's heavy, isn't it? Who am I a disciple to? In other words, who am I so emulating Christ to that desires to listen to me and uh, be a student of that which I teach and speak of, which is Jesus Christ? Discipleship is the path to spiritual maturity. Some are hesitant to disciple others. They feel inadequate to do so. I remember as a freshman in college going to the Baptist Student Union and the BSU director talked to me about uh, who, who have you witnessed to? And I said, oh, I leave witnessing at that time. I leave witnessing to the pastor because I would, I'm afraid I may say the wrong thing and lead them the wrong way. That was the wrong thing to say to him. He nailed me good to let me know that I, too, am under the command to be witnesses of, of He, of Jesus Christ. And so it is with each of us. As disciples, we are to bear witness. We are to have that unique ministry to bear witness uh, to Jesus who bled and died for us and rose again and is coming again for us. Amen. We are His, and He is ours as well. Luke twelve forty eight says, For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required. That's heavy. We've been given by someone who has bore witness to Jesus and introduced us to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's the greatest gift that we will ever receive. And since we have received so much of that gift, there's not a greater gift again we are to 
to pass it on to others. It's kind of like today the phrase is pay it forward. You know the drill. You, uh, you're standing in line and at the checkout counter, and you get ready to pay, and, and the clerk blinks her eyes and smiles and says, it's already been paid for. And other times, it's just the Spirit's doing that impresses up, upon you to pay for someone else behind you. And you, you can't explain that, the why that you are impressed to do so. You can't explain why that uh, uh, someone is standing in the middle of the, uh, of the intersection with his hand out, and all of a sudden you, you, you find yourself reaching in your pocket and handing them a $5 bill. That's Jesus. That looks like Jesus to me. And, and that's just something that's, that you can be impressed to do. Well, I don't know if they really needed that or not. If you do what the Lord impresses you to do, you have been obedient to the Lord. That's the important thing. What they do with it, if they abuse it, if they have have conned their way, the Lord will take care of that. It, it's not up to us to do that. But the Lord will take care of it. We are simply to be obedient. And we've been given... So much. I would have never made it uh, to college. I couldn't afford it. I was born into a poor family. Never got away from it. But uh, I was born into a poor family. And had it not been for a little $400 Civitan scholarship that helped to contribute for my first year of college, it um, it would have been very difficult for me to have gone. And that was encouragement to me. Someone paid it forward to make it possible for me to go to college. And I thank God for that. I thank God for that Baptist Student Union director, the only thing that I would have done different with that is instead of having the Baptist Student Union have a building of their own, I would have had that director be in a student center where he was with the people. And it, it's, it's very easy for us to hide into the four walls of the building and to not get out and see when we go, when we leave from here, we leave and go to the mission field. The mission field is outside of these four walls. We come into here and are energized by the teachings from, from Pastor John and, and Pastor Brett and soon to be. 
our newest youth pastor, I hope and pray. And we, Taylor, we we uh, get energized here to go out and to be engaged in this road to ministry, which leads to the abundant life. Nothing is more exhilarating and thrilling than to get to witness and introduce someone to Jesus Christ or else some other form of ministry to them. I was talking with one of my co-workers today. Her mother has been um, in the hospital and is of the age that she's contemplating having to place her into a nursing home or, or provide 24-hour care for her. And I was able to, to talk with her and listen to her and to pray with her and say, Susie, it's going to be okay. God is in control. And He's going to give you the wisdom to know what to do. Just ask Him and then trust Him and He will. And she she pepped up immediately just with those simple words of being reminded of who is in control as we think of ministry and discipleship what are some of the characteristics of a disciple a true disciple shares the great commission as we looked here in Saul go ye therefore should literally read as you go it's it's not just going out on visitation on Tuesday night or whatever night. But as we go, it's a continuous process that we do. Day in and day out, as we go, bear witness. And as we go, minister to others. Every believer is called to share the gospel as we go. And it goes beyond simply the evangelism of one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. In essence, it goes beyond evangelism. The verse does not say, go and make converts. If that's what Jesus had wanted to say, he would have said, go and make converts. But instead, he said, Go and make disciples. A disciple is an imitator of Christ. 1 Corinthians 11.1 says, Be ye followers of me, even as I am of Christ. Discipleship is far more than what we say to people. It's primarily found in the example of, of our lifestyle to them. People watch us and they they see the consistency or else they see an inconsistency. The inconsistency will destroy our witness. But they see us being consistent. They see the joy and they will 
the Spirit will lead them to come to you and to say, why are you happy all the time? Why do you have a smile all the time? Wow. There's the invitation to respond with the gospel message. 1 Corinthians 4, 15 and 16 says something to men and a challenge to men about discipleship. He says, For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers? For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. A spiritual father nurtures, protects, upholds, and models proper thinking and living and speaking to other people. It's a big thing to be a spiritual father. Who are you a spiritual father or a spiritual mother to? Ladies become spiritual mothers. Titus 2, 4, and 5 says that they may teach the young, younger women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the Word of God be not blasphemed. In other words, ladies, you're called to be Proverbs 31 women. There's not a more beautiful scripture as a tribute to women and or as a tribute to a mother than Proverbs 31. It is so, so special. wish I had time to read it tonight, but I don't have that time. But it is so special. And uh, read it and become a Proverbs 31 mother. Seek out discipleship yourself. Proverbs 12:1 says, Whosoever, whoso loveth instruction, loveth knowledge, but he that hateth it, repro- that hateth reproof, is brutish. Find someone that's spiritually mature. Find someone that is, that will hold you accountable. Everyone needs a, a prayer partner or someone to that can hold you responsible and accountable for what you say and what you do. And that is so important. Someone that's, that loves you enough to tell you when that you're not thinking like a disciple. Someone that loves you enough to encourage you when you're down, to encourage you when that you're wrong, to make it right, to encourage you to have a forgiving spirit and a loving spirit to others. Everyone needs those persons. Who, who is that person to you? Find someone that is God-sent that you can love and respect and mutually share with one another in a non-threatening way because of love that you have for one for each other 
and to share with you. You're being a disciple right now. Well, you need to work on your discipleship right now. It's important. And if we do that, we will truly understand that discipleship is not a one-way street, but each of us is called to be a disciple and also to be disciplined. It's a lifelong pursuit. It's a journey that we're going through, a journey that isn't over yet, no matter how old that we become. As long as we have breath, we are to serve the Lord and to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, you are so, so good to us. Thank you, Lord, for loving us, for sending people in our lives to to help to encourage us, to rebuke us when necessary in a loving spirit that we respect. Thank you, Father, for this precious church that you've placed us in. May it continue to be a lighthouse throughout this area. Bless our pastor. Lord, he's... He is our minister, not simply a professional minister, but he is truly a minister who emulates the way that we should be. Lord, we love him and pray that you'll continue to bless him with many more years to shepherd us to guide in this congregation as you would lead him to. Bless, Father, the decision that we make Sunday evening with uh, Taylor and Maddie. We just pray that you'll give them a, that they have a peace of mind concerning uh, this is your will for them. Lord, I just pray that uh, we'll uh, have virtual unanimous, uh, unanimously a decision uh, for them and bring them to shepherd our youth. For it's in your precious name we pray. Amen.